Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. too late but i think people expect it from me come on happy new year happy new year there we go out the system lovely i like saying it we all like as i've said before any time before summer solstice is is fine so (laughs) uh there we go it's because that first week we were off because you'd gone away and here we are and it's Mm. all for you a little bit later than i'd like to be saying that but Mm -mm. it it needs it needs doing here we be rude not to yeah now um how how bad was the queue? What do you mean the queue? At uh, at midnight outside the bookshop to buy Prince Harry's autobiography. <laughs> I I wasn't in any kind. Were of you queue. not? Were you no, not there? Oh, no, were you? I thought you would be. I watched the documentary, not the documentary. What's it called? The interview. Oh yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah. Interview, yeah, yeah. What do you reckon? Uh, well, I was gripped for the first hour, and then, if I'm honest, I got bored of being gripped, and I went to bed. I had a very similar reaction, but it was it was ten minutes rather than. Oh, <laughs> it didn't last as long as me. Well no, um, yeah, I, I, I'm tempted to go to a bookshop and flick through the index hmm. to see if there's any mention of Club H. Oh, that was his little disco at Highgrove, wasn't it, Club H? So what happened was it's, it's quite heartbreaking. Hmm. Club heartbreaking. Hmm. When when. I guess when he was at Eton, yeah. when he got caught with his substances or his drinking or his partying or I, f- I forget what it was, his his dad made him his own night spot mm. at Highgrove. So sorry you can't go out and live a normal life, but don't worry, we can have a disco at home. Oh. It's so... We can call it Club H. I know, H I, know I know, I know, I know, I know. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking. It is. Do we know... Um, if the first day sales have exceeded the old man of Lochnagar yet. Is that Prince Charles's book? Yes. <laughs> I wonder if there is a bit of competition. I think it is the fastest selling non fiction of all time or something. Oh, well, like the that, old man so. of Lochnagar was fiction. Oh, dear. incomparable, yeah. Yes. Apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. Same with Budgie the helicopter, I imagine. <laughs> Very the same. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. So here we are. Hello. What do you think you should do? What do you think you should do with the hair? Do you think it's time for him to take the clippers to it? Oh, you noticed that it was a bit puffy on top. It's thinning. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there the comes a day, doesn't there? Is that what they call dolly hair? Oh, is that what they Yeah, call- so we can see the scalp. <laughs> Doll's head, yeah. Doll's yeah, yeah. hair. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all a bit puffy and you can yes. see the scalp, yeah. yeah. You know, I've got my own problems, but 
that's that's not one of them. I don't mean to say, no. but I think you know there comes a point, and he could be reaching it. Mm-mm. Anyway, mm. I feel like um, I'm on the panel of Joan Rivers' Fashion Police, <laughs> making my catty uh, remarks. Let's about let's stop people's let's stop. appearance. Yeah. I just wanted to mention Club H, really. Yeah. Um, twenty-two years sober today. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Club 22. H. Club H made me think of that. Did it? Yeah. <laughs> If I'd have had my own Club H, maybe oh. wouldn't have got myself into the mess. Club G. It would have been Club G, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was nowhere it could have gone, really. Mm. Cupboard under the, the airing cupboard. Just me in an airing cupboard. <laughs> Even more depressing. <laughs> With a tape recorder. Oh. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, as, you know, as, as I tend to on this day, uh, every year is reflecting. And I, I do think I, I stopped at the right time. I mean, not just for me and my health and my personal relationships and my professional life and and everything else, but also I just think I saw the golden era of Alco Pops and then I was out. Right. Because they don't seem to be such a big thing these days, do they? Yeah, I think it was because it was for young people to drink and young people don't drink anymore. Is that what it was? They don't don't have to target them anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I was there in the glory days knocking back a hooch or a Smirnoff mule. Are they the ones in the like orangey gold, yeah, bronze coloured bottles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mad Dog Twenty Twenty was that an Arco Pop? I think that, that was like that was the grandfather of Arco Pop. Oh, Pops, okay, wasn't it? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And then I think the uh, the Bacardi Breezers were the next generation. Yeah, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Are they still going? I mean, I don't I'm know. Sure, I, yeah. I don't know. Um, I do think it was a weird period of modern history in that our generation, I think, were the first to want to be infantilized in a certain way with booze. That was like a drink you'd drink as a child. And oh. then there was also this, uh, do you remember club nights? where Big, big club nights where people would wear school uniform. Oh, yeah, school disco. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I went to them. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. And do you not think that is, is strange? That you, you, You're in your 20s at that point mm. and you spent a lot of time <laughs> up until then in education thinking, oh, God, I can't wait to take this thing off and never wear it yeah, again. Yeah. And then within a deca- decade, and they said decade like I'm, a posh person. I know. Then, um, like you, you're then thinking, great, I'm going to go back and wear school clothes and then try and attract a member of the opposite sex whilst doing them, which there was like a, a weird fetishization of girls in school uniform. You think about Britney Spears. Yeah. And I seem to remember on one of the music magazines at the height of Britpop having uh, Sonia Aurora Madden from Echo Belly in school uniform. Oh, really? But I, I could be misremembering that, but it, it rings a bell. But I, I, and, and I guess, I don't know. I mean, it's, it seems like at best a very grey area, but mm. it didn't seem to be the same for girls. Like certainly I, I never thought that um, as an adult going to one of those things and, and putting on some approximation of school uniform ever made me more attractive. I don't think it made any of the men no. more attractive, apart from the one man who I saw who was wearing a blue Peter badge. And I was like, oh, uh, hello. But no, it was, I think it was a little bit unfair on the boys, that particular I think I, I had the air of um, Terry Scott in those Curly Whirly adverts. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Your school had a school uniform, yeah? yeah. Primary school, even? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we didn't have a primary school uniform. We had a secondary school uniform. And, and um, I think like pretty much all secondary schools have them. Hmm. And, you know, almost no countries have school uniforms. I do, yeah. I... And the ones that do tend to, not exclusively, but tend to have a strong colonial link. So mm. be that Australia or India 
or whatever. But 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 by and large, we're you know the only country, and I think certainly the only European country. Mm. Um, oh, Australia, they do, don't they? Yeah, but the, that's actually in um, Australasia. Yeah, <laughs> it's in the southern hemisphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not in Europe. I know. I know. Well, I've watched Eurovision yeah. and they're on it, so I got very confused. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but even like there's big English speaking countries, I, I, I don't think New Zealand do it. Um, I'm not know. sure though, but I know that uh, America doesn't really do it apart from in some very select private schools, tiny percentage of population, which is probably fetishizing British schools. <laughs> Canada doesn't do it. Why? What, what is the um, what is the reason we do it in this country? Do you know the answer? Well, I know the answer people say. Oh, go on. Well, it stops. Um, it means that nobody gets bullied for what they're wearing. It means, uh, you know, if you've not got expensive trainers on, actually trainers don't, trainers aren't part of this because you could often wear trainers at school, can't you? Mm-mm. People say you can't be bullied for your clothes. Yeah, yeah, if you don't have any, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is amazing that in this country we've sorted that problem out completely and there's no bullying in schools <laughs> based on what yeah. you know somebody is, is wearing. It's not like a, mm. you know, in, in our school... Like I, I, I would get brutalized because the bully had decided that my trousers were like flares; they were too wide. Right. So even within a school uniform, yeah, yeah, there's ways. Or if you're not completely yeah. abreast of whether it's the thin bit or the fat bit of your tie that should be hanging out, you could be mm. bullied for that. Mm. So that argument falls down very quickly. Is it so that the kids who don't have many clothes don't feel bad about? Well, the it's fact? supposed supposed to yeah, be, but yeah. so, but it's good because we are in an egalitarian country where there's no real class system, and um, you know, poor people don't feel any different. <laughs> uh, it's ridiculous. Like yeah, yeah. everybody, even even rationally minded people, will mm. trot out those excuses mm. Mm, mm. without looking at the fact that no other country does it, and you know we. We are not without problems. <laughs> I didn't realise that other countries, European countries, didn't wear school uniform until my Austrian friend was buying school uniform for a kid. Just like she was like, so there's just one green, right? There's just like a school uniform green, <laughs> and then there's just like one red, and like she just couldn't get her head around that there was. It's, all schools are different uniform, but there are only like four, four or five colours, and they're exactly yes. the same. It's very strange. What's great about it is, you know, if everybody's wearing a uniform, then they can't be bullied for what they're wearing. Uh, the bullies can then just like concentrate on other things, like what they look like or things they can't ch- think inherent things to themselves, like the, you know their appearance, something to do with their face, with personality. They can just really focus on those instead instead of the uh, the clothes, which is great. Yeah, lovely, yeah. lovely. Um, why did I get onto school uniform? School uniform, school discount. I was telling you, I was, I was t- uh, 22 years sober today. Oh, yes. What was the first drink you ever remember ordering? I don't mean like drinking out of a plastic bag on a park bench, um, like going to a bar and ordering. It would either be a cider or vodka and orange. I told you mine. We're going up to a bar at Macclesfield Rugby Club and ordering a Carlsberg mm. topped up with mm. Labatt's. What? That's another lager. <laughs> what? Is that? Did you hear someone else doing I, I it? I must have done. I think I heard somebody order it. and I thought it was sophisticated. But why somebody was doing that in the first place? Oh, it's so it's weird. insane. That's just somebody like just don't, don't want to be like the rest. I want to be a bit quirky. I'm surprised they even sold that. And I think it never said when I've been back to being a barmaid. That would be too confusing on it's the till. So weird. <laughs> a pint of Carlsberg topped up with the bats, and then um, I used to do these discos at Macclesfield Rugby Club, and, and for people's weddings and i was only 15 i mean i always feel really sorry looking back for anybody who booked me for a wedding had some child turning up squeaking in an adenoidal voice into a microphone 
grating adenoidal uh, voice. But I'd get paid just before last orders and then I'd go and uh, um, order like a white Russian. Oh, sophisticated. Yeah, so early in the evening, it was the sophisticated lager topped up with more lager. Mm. Later in the evening, a white Russian because I'd heard somebody else order it. And also, it's probably a nice, like, milky drink for you, like, very 15 year old you. Yeah, yeah, probably. It's like because Alka Pops didn't exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Was... <laughs> Sweet milky drink. Do you know what I've completely lost my ability to do? Mm. Is get served at a bar. Oh, really? So, obviously, when I was drinking, because I had my issues, it, it was very important to me. I, I had a laser focus. Now, I am incapable at catching the eye of somebody to the extent that we went to a pantomime over Christmas and I went to the bar at the interval. And as you know, they say five minutes left, two minutes left, Sarah had to come and um, take over because I'd spent the whole whole interval unable to get served (laughs) at the bar. I'm such, such an inconsequential presence. I'm such a ghoul. And also that you didn't have a 50 pound note to wave because that's what you need. That's, That's what you need. Um, I just can't. Same with asking for the bill. I just can't get eye contact. Mm. I was hoping that having my cataract surgery had uh, had fixed that, but it hasn't. And how how did that go? Can I ask? Are all you good? Don't notice any difference? Nope, look exactly the same. The um, so you have it done awake, but under sedation. If you if you want to, which mm. I did want to. Mm. And the anaesthetist said I was the most nervous patient he'd ever seen. Ever. Yeah. Oh, even though you sedated. No, before the sedation, because it was about the sedation. I'll tell you, I was actually really scared of having the needle stuck in my hand and I wanted some of that gel. Oh, to to numb it first. Yeah, yeah. And they had to, like, change the order of the surgery. Oh, no. They could go off and find me gel. And I got quite panicky as all that was happening, uh, to the extent that the the anaesthetist tried to dissuade me from having the surgery done and recommended that maybe I should think about going... um, and schedule a link somewhere else where I could have it done under a general. No. Yeah. Oh, but you did it. Well yeah. done. He's saying, do you think the sedation will calm you down enough? <laughs> I don't know. Imagine you have to be quite still. I don't know what it feels like to be, you know, I don't know what this sedation feels like. Mm. So it's impossible for me to say. He's saying, well, you know, it's up to you because if you have it and then you move, your eyesight will be ruined forever. You know? What? So, so. Oh, well, thanks. That's calming me down. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't planning on moving. No. And as it happened, the sedation was fine once I'd had my little gel on my hand. And were you aware of what was going on? Sort of, but sort of not. I could, um, it, it, what it wasn't like was somebody coming towards you with a scalpel, which then goes into your eye, which you think it's going to be. Right. So it wasn't like that at all. You just have a sense of people moving around and then... I don't know, a bit like lights or colours around your eye. I certainly didn't see a knife or any terrifying surgical instrument. No wonder you were panicking. I feel panicky just thinking about this. And um, I just had mild sedation. And the great shame was I was there on my own. So nobody was there to hear anything weird that I said when I was coming around. That's a great pity. That would be a great... Why has nobody done that as a TV show yet? You get all these shows in hospitals, like 24 hours at A&E mm. and whatever. I would just watch a show of the weird stuff. I'd, I'd want to get to know somebody before, the, just to hear them talk before they go into their operation. Then I don't want to see any scalpels, any needles, anything. I just want to see them in a bed waking up and listen to the weird things that they say. Probably no one will sign a release form because it's too humiliating. Oh, amazing. I've got some great videos of Sarah coming around from... <laughs> yeah anesthetic and the weird stuff she said we played them back to her oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i once asked her when i had my wisdom teeth done um 
I asked the dental nurse if she'd like to go to a restaurant with me. <laughs> that is so polite. So polite. Compared to what Tom said to the nurse when he'd had his throat done once. And let's not talk about it anymore. Was it obscene? Let's not talk about it. It was, it was little more than wanting to go to a restaurant. Well, that's the difference between me and that beast. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we hear from the drifters? How's the uh, how's the inbox looking? I'm just awakening my computer and here it is. Yes, all good. Great. Were you on a screensaver, were you? It, I was, unfortunately. Yes. What's it your was, screensaver? It was, it was blank. Oh, yeah, very dull. Imaginative. Very dull. <laughs> it's lack of effort rather than yes, imagination. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this is from Verity. I wanted to get a quote for fancy understairs storage. A guy came round to spec it out. And after a few minutes of looking at all the cables and gubbins that you would have to work around, he declared that it just wasn't going to be possible unless I did some major building work first. No, nope, not just for cupboards. Forget it. At this point, I should have said, thanks anyway for coming. I'll see you out and physically shown him the door. But I didn't do that because that would have been very abrupt of me. So here's what happened instead. I said, Oh, I can see now that it won't work. I didn't expect it to be straightforward. So yeah, tricky. He then repeated everything he'd already said about the structure of my stairs and the way they have to work, just with slightly different words. So I said again, yeah, I guess not meant to be a shame, but never mind. And then he said everything again, just slightly different words again. We did this about three <laughs> more times. It was painful. We were stuck in some kind of loop where he wouldn't just say yep and leave. That's right. I'm blaming him. And then I did something I truly regret. I said, well, I suppose I could get a quote for a cupboard over there in the kitchen instead. I, oh, don't, no. I don't want one big extra cupboard in the kitchen. I've never <laughs> considered that. Anyway, the man then set about generating a quote because I felt obliged to give him something to do. I had to disappear upstairs for a work call, but came back 40 minutes later to find my new co-worker slash housemate had turned the kitchen into his office. The entire kitchen table was his workstation, <laughs> laptop, books, paper, measuring devices. I tiptoed in and offered to make him a coffee and he replied without looking up from his work. I now felt like I'd interrupted my boss. An additional, and an additional fun part is that my parents were popping over. They crept into the house and sat quietly in another room whilst I tried to explain why this man now works here. After a while, my mum offered around snacks from her handbag because we were all too nervous to go into his office, my kitchen. He was in my house for two hours. He eventually called me over to his desk, my kitchen table, to talk me through the maths of the £3,000 cupboard. He tried valiantly to make me agree to it there and then so I could save £50. I have never not wanted something so much. I pretended to consider it because that's the polite thing to do when he's worked for two whole hours to sell me a ridiculous massive plain cupboard where I don't want one. Eventually, I had to do the undrifter thing and say in plain English, I'm not going to buy it today. I promised him I'd be in touch by the end of the week and did my best to sound really excited about the cupboard, imagining aloud how it would be a great place for the hoover and a few coats. He finally left. I haven't opened the booklet he created for me. I have not been in touch about the cupboard and I never want a quote for work in my house ever again. I'll just build everything myself. That's what B&Q and YouTube are for. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I really thought that was going to end with you ordering the cupboard out of politeness. <laughs> a £3,000 yeah, massive yeah, cupboard you yeah. don't want. And this is from Annie. I was waiting for a parcel yesterday and coincidentally, I went to my bedroom window to close the curtains and saw the Royal Mail van and a postperson carrying my parcel. 
It had to be mine. It had a massive logo over the box saying has been. It seemed a safe bet that my neighbour wasn't also buying coffee paraphernalia. So I went downstairs. I went to open the door, but she was standing at the house next door and commented, wow, the doorbell must be loud. Oh, sorry, I said, I thought it was for me. I saw the logo from the window and I expe- I'm expecting one from the same place. Nope, it's for your neighbour, but they're not in. Can you take it? Of course, I said. Surprised and unconvinced that my neighbour had ordered the same from the same coffee company and had a delivery the same day, I took the box and looked down to see my name and my correct address. <laughs> I probably could have said, oh, this is for me. But no. What's your name, please? She said, Annie, and then my surname. OK, but that's the name on the parcel. Oh, I said, yes, that is me. I think this parcel is for me. I'm Annie. I live at number seven. I pointed to the number on the door to prove something. I'm not sure what. <laughs> Would she think I impersonated my neighbours to steal their parcels? Did showing the number on the door prove who I am? Should I get some ID? She laughed confused and took a photo of me with the parcel, apologised for getting the wrong door and went on her way. A few minutes later, I got the email to say, we tried to deliver your parcel, but you weren't in. So we left it with your neighbour at address number seven with a photo of me holding the box. I don't think I know who I am anymore. That's the most driftery thing in the world to... to be so driftery that you can't prove to somebody that you are you. <laughs> Even though you are you. Yes. And the most basic thing about you is you being yeah, you. at your home. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's great. I'm really excited that uh, Annie likes has-been coffee. Oh, do you like has-been? Oh, it's fantastic. I do you, okay. It tells me a lot about Annie and I Ooh. like what I hear. Oh, good. Um, send us your story, please. Of, I mean, I like that as, a, as an opening gambit for the new year. mm Failing to convince somebody that you are you through meekness. <laughs> yeah, like that. Um, yeah, please uh, uh, send us your stories of social awkwardness. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle? Yes? Is it time... Is it? Oh, it's time. Yeah. For another uh, another way in which you're not a fully functioning adult? It is. And it's about the lack of Christmas magic in my life. So Tom, my partner, bought me an air fryer for Christmas. This in itself has been quite man- magical, as I can make roast potatoes in about 10 minutes if I cut them up small enough. Like Someone asked me the other day how it does it. No idea, I said. <laughs> to me, it's just magic. So I love my magic cooker, my air fryer, but I'm not entirely sure why I got one. Tom says his story is that on Black Friday, I said I would love an air fryer. I've got no memory of that, but I'll take his word for it. And so he went and got one online, got it cheap, so it's Black Friday. The first I knew of it was when it was delivered to the house a few days later in a box with air fryer written on every side of it. Which <laughs> Tom did I do that? <laughs> Tom put it on the floor in the bedroom for the following month. It just sat there. Oh, so he didn't um, he he wasn't hide, hide it. He right? wasn't. I mean, it was a bit big to hide, but still. Yeah. Now, we were going away for Christmas to an Airbnb with my family. And the day before we left, I said, we might as well leave that air fryer you bought for me here because it seems silly to drive it somewhere and then home again. And it'll take up too much room in the car. Oh. And Tom agreed. <laughs> when we got back, I just opened the box myself. And he never wrapped it, obviously. And I just started cooking my potatoes. <laughs> when it comes to Tom's present from me, though... Totally different situation. 
he messaged me a link to a massage gun he wanted and then I bought it. Is it a Theragun? I don't know the name of it, sorry. And when it arrived, I left it in the box on the bedroom floor. But the box was blank. It could have been anything. (laughs) And I did wrap it and I took it with us so that he could open it, have it under the tree on Christmas Day. So which one of us is the greatest? Yes, it's me. It's a low bar. (laughs) It's a very low bar. My parents were never very into the magic of Christmas. The presents were all wrapped and under the tree from the beginning of December onwards. There was no Christmas stocking. At least they were wrapped and there was a tree that they were under. Yeah, yeah, true. But they weren't just in a cardboard box on the floor, (laughs) clearly labelled contents on the outside. I think they're really Christmas. They're Mr and Mrs Christmas compared (laughs) to you two. But I think the way I see it is they didn't want Father Christmas taking any of their glory, which I'm very on board with. And I made very sure the most rubbish presents went into my son's stocking. So I got all the deserved credit for the good stuff under the tree. Now, when I say tree, we stayed in an Airbnb and there was an option for the host to provide us with a tree, but it was going to be an extra £80. So what do you think my family said to that? I think I know. No, it was a no, wasn't it? Yeah, we said, yeah, don't worry about it. We'll be fine. And I did realise it would be unchristmassy and there was going to be three or four children there. So I brought some decorations with me and I thought I'd just improvise a tree. Oh, God. Which I did. Oh, God. With a clothes horse. Oh, no. You know, an air dryer. Mm. Why are they called clothes horses? <laughs> and a maiden. Don't some people call them maidens? We call them maidens up north, yeah. Do you? Is that yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, really? I mean, I don't know if that's that's just, you know, people call them clothes horses, but when I was a kid, it was always the maiden. Right, right. Yeah. Anyway, as you can imagine, it looked amazing. In fact, you don't have to imagine. I've got a photo to oh, show no. you. Oh, no. I'm going to be traumatised by thinking of like little children <laughs> having to look at this thing. <laughs> I should have got this ready. Where's it gone? It's like the cycle of non-magical Christmases continues, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Oh, it's, it's, oh, I can't believe how beautiful it is. Look at that. Look at that. It's nice, isn't it? We did a good job, right? My sister. I'm a, I'm a gas. My, my sister it's, ripped some bits of foliage of a tree and like stuck it on it as well. Whatever you were thinking when Annabelle started describing a, a, mm. a clothes horse mm. decorated for Christmas, it's so much worse than that. <laughs> It's it's horrible. It's a horrible oh. object. Well, I'll put I'll put it on the. It looks face. like scaffolding. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's really grim, Annabelle. It's it was it's, it was the centerpiece to our Christmas. I'll have you know. Oh, I loved it. It's it's awful. It's a really um, upsetting object. Really? Yeah, I, I feel depressed now. Oh no! I don't even know that I can go on the rest of the podcast. It's just like, <laughs> oh look at that! It's got tinsel on it. And and fairy lights. Can you not see the fairy lights very well? No, but it's... Okay. It looks like a plane Mm. (laughs) carrying tinsel went down and started to break apart. (laughs) And it just... The, the stuff fell on top of a closer. It's it's so inelegantly um, arrayed, if that's the right word. It's... It looks. It also looks like. Who did you used to see a cassette hanging out of a tree with all the spool out? It looks like that, but in tinsel form. Oh, Annabelle, it's really upsetting. It's okay. Don't well, worry. We it. we we all grew to love it. Well, and I'll put it. I'll put it on the. Uh, I'll put it on the Facebook page tomorrow. So. No, it's upsetting for people. No, upsetting oh, hold on. I've got a picture with the presents around it somewhere. Maybe I didn't show you the best picture. <laughs> I can see how that looks a bit bleak. Let me. Oh, here we go. This is a better one. Look, this one's got presents. This one. Look, can, that actually looks better. That one, right? 
that does look better. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. only because you showed me something really grim beforehand. Yeah, yeah. If I'd just seen that straight away, I would have <laughs> had the exact same reaction. Okay, okay, right. Those poor children. Okay. And then to finish off the magic of Christmas, we came home on Boxing Day, mm. went in the living room where our real tree was. Do you remember I'd had an argument with Tom? I wanted a fake tree. He wanted a real tree and he won because he bought it first. Oh, yeah. And then there was he bought a living like being tree. on casters. He, he, wanted, casters. he wanted to put it on wheels at some point. Yeah. But it was a living tree, so it's going to last for like the next 10, 20 years or whatever. Anyway, where this is going. got back, opened the living room to find... There were hundreds and hundreds of little insects surrounding it and all over it, all in the living room. Christmas tree bugs, as it turns out. Have you ever heard of those? I have not. They exist. I know because they're in my house. It was an infestation. And tragically for them, an infestation, genocide, as most were dead. Not tragically for me, unfortunately. <laughs> some of them had wings. Like, what if they'd been flying around in a swarm when I'd opened the door? Yeah, some of them had wings as if they were the ones that had specially evolved. But yes, yes. In the time you'd been gone. Yes, yes. So we couldn't have it in the house anymore. I mean, they were swarming with it. So Tom picked it up, put it outside in the back garden with all the decorations still on it, <laughs> where it remains <laughs> in the rain. With all the decorations on it, which I believe I've got to leave up now because we're past 12th yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, till Easter. So they're just going to stay on them until next December. No, till Easter. You're allowed to stay. If you, if you miss Easter, then they have to stay on until next December. Oh. Yeah. Okay. What's Epiphany? Is that a thing? I thought, yeah, I thought that past January there's something. If you didn't take them down, that's it for the rest of the year. No, it's it till it Easter. I've got to keep it up till Easter. Yes. Okay. Well, the weather be nicer then, so maybe I will go outside the back garden. Okay. Let me tell you something. What you described there, mm. that bug-infested, half-eaten Christmas tree, yeah. then thrown out. No, it's, it's upright. It's upright. Into the rain. Yeah, with all the decorations still on. Less depressing than that other thing you sent <laughs> Even though I fully plan to just leave it out there and just bring it in next December with the yeah, decorations yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what that looks like by November is still less depressing than that photo. Well, it's funny you say that because either I'm going to do that or I'm just going to put some tinsel on my clothes horse again. <laughs> so maybe maybe I will just bring it back in the house. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Few things. Mm -hmm. Firstly, if you're in London, Sarah's on at the Soho Theatre next week. Great. From Wednesday to Saturday. Which night are you going? Uh, I don't think I'm going. No, no I think no, not going to support. Her. I have. I've, I guess I could go again. I have already seen the show, but I could go well, again. You know, yeah. you did see it in preview form. Yeah, I suppose, oh, okay. you, suppose you did. But uh, mm, okay, yeah, but fair enough. It okay. hadn't occurred to okay. you. Okay, no, I'll go. No, that's fine. No, no, I don't expect you to go. <laughs> I will go. go, go. No, I'm going to so go. Yeah, if you don't want to go, don't go. No, I do want to go. I do want to go. Know, okay, I've seen that. I don't want to see that again. No, I do. I do want to see it again. <laughs> 
This is very awkward to me. Stop it now. It's fine. fine. Which night are you going? I don't know yet. Okay. Um, I thought I'd just mention that. Okay. If anybody wants to go. Because... Part of the proceeds from the tickets are to um, to raise money to buy um, like a, a piece of wood to go in front of our dishwasher so it blends in with the kitchen cabinets. It's oh. <laughs> a very worthy cause. Yes, I'm really, very. really, really would like the mm. drifters to support that cause. <laughs> um, what else was there to tell you about? Oh, something bad has happened. Go on. Local cafe. Mm-hmm. You know, small talk is, is of course, the thing that I struggle with. Mm -hmm. And one of the young men who works there at some point made the mistake of telling me that he acts a bit as well as his work in the cafe. Okay. So now um, I've got something to get my claws into. I ask him about it too often. I just see him. And then I think, oh, I've got something. So I think, oh, how's how's the acting going? And I'm really worried he's going to invite me to something. Oh, no. Mm. Now, to be fair, he hasn't yet. Mm-mm. But I can just feel it coming. You need to stop asking. You can't stop yourself. But I've, I've shown an interest in mm. him and his, in his craft and his art. Mm. And, and he probably feels seen and validated. And mm. uh, he, he thinks... You know, he, th- he thinks I'm a nice person who is genuinely interested in, in other people rather than somebody who's just trying to fill the dead air and not say anything too weird. <laughs> so I need to figure out how to handle that. Mm. Um, also, met a nice dog two days ago. Said to the owner, oh, what a lovely dog. What's their name? They told me. Couldn't tell what they said. What do you do in that situation? Just go, oh, lovely name. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's, all, it's the worst. If, some, if you ask somebody's either pet or baby name, they mm. tell you and you don't catch it. And you have to have some kind of positive reaction. Yes. You can't just let yeah. it pass. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, uh, so that happened, which is a terrible thing. <laughs> um, and then I had to do an awful, awful thing today. I had to change the toner in the printer. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so inept at it. Mm. I watched a video of a nine-year-old Australian boy explaining how to do it. Nine. It was. It was. His voice hadn't broken. I mean, he could have been ten. Why was he filming videos? Well, you always. Uh, I don't know what you do, but I just Google the model of the printer and right. say how to change oh, cartridge. Right. I can't stand a- watching. I can't. St- I can't do it with video. I need step-by-step written instructions. Oh, yeah. My brain can't work that way. But they tend not to be written anymore because they don't want to print print in 15 different languages. Mm. So so they try to do what Ikea do really well, which is great, simple visual Uh, things. Mm. But most people don't put the type of design effort into it that Ikea do. Right, right. Or Ikea. I feel sorry for Ikea. Why are you saying Ikea? Because that's how how it's said, right? That's the name of the company. Mm. It's Ingvar Komprod. And I've forgotten what the E and the A are. The E might be the village you grew. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But the point is, it's pronounced IKEA. And then when they started having it in countries other than Sweden, people started calling it IKEA. And then in recent years, if you've seen or heard any IKEA adverts, they always, always print it IKEA. But it's done no good. 
because I said Ikea and you said, why are you pronouncing it like that? Yeah, I couldn't understand why you were doing it. So, so why don't they just lean into it? think people are going to say it wrong. Mm. But how would you feel if that was your name? Oh, it's a bit different. I mean, I wouldn't be that bothered, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, printer. Yeah, so I, I then watched this video and it takes me forever. And now I have to dispose of the printer cartridges. Oh, this is this to me. You, you're, I don't know how. It's hell. What? I don't know what to do. I feel like it's a curse. Like a curse has been. Like I'm, I'm Frodo. I've been given the ring of whatever the ring was in the Lord of the Rings, and now I've got to cast it into Mount Doom. Like, what am I supposed to do? This is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to accept that those printer cartridges are going to be with you in some drawer until you die. And it's oh, that's a good. That's a good idea. Because who and who else knows what to do with them? I have no idea. I, I, mm. I don't know where to start. I googled it. No help whatsoever at all. But yes, yeah, hoarding is the answer. Hoarding, isn't it? Mm. Do you know one of the most shameful things I've done in my entire life? Go on. And I've, I, I still feel shame admitting it. And I tried to let go of all shame on this podcast. Mm. One time, I've, I found it so. <sighs> Just overwhelming the idea of re- figuring out how to replace the cartridges in the printer. Mm. That I bought a new printer. I, I knew you were going to say that. Really? Yeah. Wow. There was no other alternative. Well, yeah, there, there was. There was buy a cartridge and be like a grown up and figure <laughs> oh, out how God. to change it. Oh, but no. I, I, it's one. I genuinely think of it's one of the worst things I've done in my life. Yeah, yeah. You know, I and uh, you know, if there is a heaven. There's a long list of reasons they won't be letting me in, but <laughs> I think that will mm. and should be at the top of it. Shall we tackle our first quandary of 2023 then? Let's. It's from Sarah. I'm a stay-at-home mum of two children, ages four and six. Our nearest family is a six-hour drive away and my husband is a shift worker, so isn't home that often. I belong to a gym whose members have become sort of a family to me. Our community is so supportive and my kids love the play area they have set up there for the kids. Here is the quandary. There is one single parent at the gym who has two children and they have begun routinely dropping their kids off at my house with little or no notice. Now, I know that as a parent with no family around, it is hard to find an hour to yourself for anything, but I am starting to feel like I'm being taken advantage of. Their kids are quite a bit younger than mine, two and seven months old. So they require naps while mine do not. One requires a high chair, which I have to bring up from storage every time they eat here. I'm really starting to lose sleep over this and I don't know what to do. Do I confront them and risk it becoming an issue and then have to face them every time I see them at the gym? Hide in the basement every time they show up? Move? I don't mind a play date every once in a while, but this is happening at least once, sometimes twice a week. How do I tell them I'm happy to watch their kids on occasion, but not every week? I was genuinely horrified by this. This is horrifying. It, it was the age of the kids that shocked me so much. If, yeah. you, if you were dropping around kids the same age they can play with, but seven months old, that's a baby. And two is a toddler. Yeah. They, but, they require a lot of attention. But my strong instinct is you shouldn't have the conversations. You just find some way of... Um... Weaning her off it or kicking it into the long grass. You don't how? want to have that uncomfortable conversation. How? How? So, so remind me how how does the how, 
Is she inviting them round? Inviting? No, she's just. It just says that she just started doing it. Hang on, what? So she just turns up. They have begun routinely dropping their kids off at my house with little or no notice. No notice. Suddenly, you've got a baby at your house with no notice. I don't know how you get out of this without having a conversation. No. I mean, it's, uh, it sounds like things aren't going great for somebody who is struggling to sort out childcare yeah. at no notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe look at her Instagram stories to see what she's doing. Instagram story, yeah. Where is she going yeah. in this time? Oh, she's going karaoke. Ugh. Or if she's, she's just weeping in a bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then that's a different story. But yes, the boundaries are still important, aren't they? Mm, mm. Boundaries are important. I was thinking maybe there could be. I think you need to make if you really don't want to do this. Mm. You need to make your house somewhere where she doesn't want to drop her kids. Yes. Now, an unwelcoming environment. Here are some options. Mm. Get a vicious dog. For example, <laughs> another option, send them home smelling of cigarette smoke, for example. Mm. Another option, maybe a few tears in their clothes, maybe not that. I don't know, something to suggest that it's not a good environment for them. Yeah. Maybe answer the draw, door and pretend to be drunk. I mean, the cigarette smoke one isn't great, Annabelle. Mm. I, you know. I wasn't saying, I wasn't saying what you think I'm saying. Okay. I hadn't thought it through is what, right, is right, what, right, is what right, I'm realising. Right. In my right. head, I was imagining that... I wasn't imagining... You're imagining some kind of fragrance that could be sprayed yes. on. Yes. That wasn't actual cigarettes. I wasn't smoke. for a second thinking you just smoke, chain smoke around them. I was right, thinking... or even around their clothes. Is that bad Listen, for the hell? I, th- I think so. Even just smoke on the clothes, is I th- it? I think I remember I didn't that. know I think, that. I think um, so. But anyway... The, the, a spray. You can, I'm sure you can buy everything on the internet. You can buy a spray. Because it's such a nice smell that people, if it's if it's not in people's houses, who you know, non-smokers really crave that Look, smell. I'm going to Google they? it now. I swear that yeah. because I've thought of it, it exists. I just wanted to help you out here because, as, as somebody with some experience mm. for um, blurting something out about babies, yeah, oh yeah, 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 without thinking about how it sounds the other end, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just slightly. Here uh, we go. Spray that smells of cigarettes. Yeah, no, I absolutely wasn't suggesting smoking around, and that would be. Very... Here we go. Sm- um. Okay, what I'm, what is coming up? You're straight... to get rid of the smell. Of... <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I think that would be the more common. Look, I need, I need, to, I need a bit more time to go- deep Google. I'm not going to do that now. Okay, but I, I'm sure I'd be able to find something mm. like that. Okay, let's scratch that idea. Maybe mm. also scratch the vicious dog idea. Yes. Mm. Maybe, what was the other one? Maybe just look after them until like she finds a babysitter. Like a lot of effing and blinding. Yeah. Oh, pretend to be drunk. Pretend. That's that's innocent. Yes. No harm done there. Open the door. Be a bit swayy, like oh sorry, I've just been to a, a boozy brunch, yeah. and then she'll be like, oh okay, don't worry, yeah, that's good, that's good. Yeah. Mm. Unless she then says, oh I could murder a drink. Oh that's bad. Yeah. That's real bad. Mm. Well, a few suggestions. Yeah, none of them good. <laughs> none of them good. Oh, it's so hard. I think you just need to say something. How can you say? I don't so, know. How can you say something? Okay. You could say this. No, all you all you have to do is consistently, consistently make up an excuse as to why you can't have her kids. So, I'm sorry, I'm just about to go out. Yeah, mm. so much that she gets the message. Chicken pox. Yeah, because oh, no, they've just been to the leisure centre. Um, 
I just I constantly sound so I'm just my kids have become violent. Blame your kids. Blame the kids. This one's a biter. Mm. This one's a hair puller. Yeah. Mm. A self-esteem destroyer. Mm. I think maybe blame the kids. Yep, that's an idea. Oh, oh I mean, you did. Sometimes the answer is in the question, isn't it? You did mention moving. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. But yeah, I think you're doing a nice thing, but you've you've got to have boundaries. And I think that um, a, a few. Oh, I can't. Here's why I can't. Wean her off. Like maybe do it once. This is what I said. Yeah, weaning, weaning, do it once weaning, a month. Weaning, weaning, weaning. And then, the, yeah. and then eventually, what's yes. every two months? Yes. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. If you're all like a family, can you not talk to somebody else about this? Mm. And then get them to do your dirty work for you. Mm-hmm. Still, it's still dirty work, though, isn't it? It's still getting back to them, but yeah. Yeah, but you know, not as difficult if you're not the one saying <laughs> it. <to them. laughs> suppose so. Suppose so. Okay, let's go to the next one. Okay. This is from Jenny. I have a quandary that is probably mostly for Jeff to answer. My family and I, husband, brother and sister-in-law and my parents all went to karaoke recently and had a great time. But I definitely don't feel like my song choices were the best. I kept choosing songs that I liked, but when I actually sang them, they were either boring, depressing or in the totally the wrong octave for me. My question is, mm, mm, mm. what is the secret to choosing the perfect karaoke song? Any tips or advice is much appreciated. I don't want to bore my family to sleep with my terrible songs anymore. And I will add on to that. What if someone puts on a song that you don't like? What's the etiquette in uh, getting them to stop it? Oh, you can't. Somebody's song choices. Even if it's a total buzzkill. Yeah. Okay. They, they have to They have to realise that. They have to be the one. Yeah. You can't just go and turn no, it No, absolutely. That is terrible. You would never do that. Never. No, but you wouldn't, would you? No. I, I, I've been to karaoke many, many times with you and you would never do that. Of course not. So... First thing, you have a list in your phone. Every time a song that pops into your head, you think, oh, that'd be good at karaoke. Mm. Put it on the list. Mm -hmm. Then, Mm. in an idle moment, Mm. type that song title in the word karaoke into YouTube. Check it's in your range. Oh, you're doing homework. Yeah. Yeah. Just this fun thing to do about the house, have Mm. a little sing to yourself. Mm -hmm. You'll soon soon find out whether it's in your range or not. Mm -hmm. Then, my approach is this. I have taken my inspiration here from um, Paul McCartney of the Beatles. Mm -hmm. He approaches his concerts. Like if he was going to the Rolling Stones, he'd want to hear the big songs. So he plays all the big songs. What he also does is his sound check in the afternoon. He does a run through, sometimes in front of competition winners or people who bought special tickets, where he just plays through stuff that he really just wants to play. So if I have a a karaoke date with my wife, say, for example, on my birthday Mm. or any other occasion, I can make that happen, but it tends to be my birthday, I will just sing the stuff I want to sing. If I'm with a group, you've got to think about crowd pleasing. Okay. With the luxury of maybe, because then in the rehearsal, you've, you've figured out, oh, that could be a good one for the repertoire or not. And then you can introduce it with a bit of comedy. You don't want to be trying new material. Oh no, 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 no. This no. is this is my no, feeling. No, 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 no. Unless you're really sure you can you can bring everyone with you. I um closed karaoke the last time we went with our friends Nick and Catherine with uh, the Rainbow Connection, and it was a terrible choice. Oh. I don't know what I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. It was like nobody else knew all the words or the tune like I did, so I had to do it solo. Mm. So it's like everybody sat and looked at me. Oh, for the last song. For the last song. It was mm. one of the worst moments of my life and it mm. destroyed 
I, th- I think it destroyed something in my marriage and in my friendship with <laughs> these very close friends of mine. Mm, that's a shame. Making them sit through it. Mm-mm. So that that's my advice. Yeah. I mean, I'm not just saying do angels or don't stop believing or, you know, the, the, there are songs. Well, here's something you have to really look out for. Songs with long instrumental bits in them. Oh yeah, yeah. Unless you're a really fantastic dancer. Yeah. If you if you can if you can make show, make show mm-hmm. in the instrumental bits, fine. But I can't. I've got no moves. I've got no rhythm. So I I, I just stand there awkwardly. Mm. I can't bring that energy. Live and let die. You think, oh, that is a banger. No, so much instrumental. Yeah, yeah. Just look out for that. Is is my other piece of advice. I would add as well that it's. Sometimes you're just not going to know until you're there. You're in the mm. moment, you're singing it. And it's just very important to know when to bail out. Because I have bailed out many times and the look of relief on everyone's yeah. faces, yeah, it's worth it. It's it worth also it means your, your turn comes around quicker. Mm. The, 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 try and choose stuff that you can own the verses to and then everyone joins in on the chorus. Yeah, that's, that, that's always a winner, yeah. Twist and Shout's good because people can go, ah, ah. Or the call and response. Shake it up, baby. These these things you need to think about to have a good night at karaoke. You know, do a few of those and you buy yourself the luxury Mm. of just doing maybe one song that's just for you. But you need to you need to convince everyone that they're in safe hands. (laughs) Don't want to lose a room. No, no, no. See people start going to the toilet, having conversations amongst themselves. Pressing the order drinks button, mm-hmm. you've lost the room. Yeah, you yep. don't want that. There we go. A lot of tips there for you, Ginny. I tell you what does work sometimes to go on about mm-hmm. this. If you've got a song that you really that has a lot of words and energy in it, and you can barrel through it, that not necessarily everyone in the room would know that well. That can be okay as well. Say, for example, so mine is up the junction by Squeeze. Okay. Which I go with a younger person or somebody who's not British. They don't necessarily know that song, but it's got so many words. You can, you can, and it doesn't stop. Mm, mm. Same, I guess, with I've never done it, but um, it's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. Oh yeah. We didn't start the fire. Mm-hmm. These, these sort of things. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> can we just do karaoke quandary corner for a while? <laughs> you came alive just then. I did. <laughs> And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. If you have a quandary karaoke based or not, um, or if you have a story about your own social ineptitude, maybe your own meekness, meaning that you're unable to convince somebody that you are you, uh, maybe buying something because you were too meek to say otherwise. Um, we'd love to hear from you, please. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took our photos. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. And what the hell, I'll say it again. Happy New Year! First publication of the new year comes from Fairfax Farfox. Is this a 
previous contributor? Don't think so. Feels familiar, but I don't, let's 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 uh, let's dive in. Good day to you, Jeff and Annabelle. Good day. I'm imagining Basil Brush. I don't know about oh, you. Something about the name and yeah. yeah. Um, I write to you from my summer house, where I now spend most of my time away from the family-owned sprawling estate. Will you be kind enough to allow me a podication? My staff would probably like to hear it, as I can mention them. They do like to include me in their games, although I try to keep a professional distance where I can. Make him more rap- raspy now. I oh, know. I'm enjoying your interpretation. Thank you. Just last week, two of the bigger chaps got me involved in their fun by dragging me into the great room in the main hall and covered me from head to toe in wool and made me sing Bar Bar Black Sheep for an hour in front of all the household staff as they jeered and laughed. They then locked me in some kind of trunk and dragged me into what I assume was the garden area, as I was then very cold overnight. <laughs> Until they led me out the next... Do you want me to stop the voice, don't you? No, it's, no. it's making you really uncomfortable. No, no. I know you. No. It's good of them to involve me in their fun. What I started doing recently is blowing a trumpet in my room as I tried to slumber. <laughs> <laughs> They take it in turns, and on the hour, every hour, another one of them will arrive to make a horrendous parping din. I haven't slept now for four days, and sadly it's taking its toll. I'm not sure whether I have now started to hallucinate, or whether there are actually small dragons, but each with the face of a mountain goat. Wherever I look! (laughs) Mummy and Daddy have kindly furnished me with the means to invest in start-up companies, and the plan is for me to become self-sufficient. My studies have taken me to a little-known place, which is called a dark web. Mm. I've struck up some great friendships on there and been told of some very promising ventures, so this is exciting. Mm. I won't give you the full details, as I don't want all and sundry getting in on the secrets, <laughs> but I've now invested close to two million in some of these brilliant schemes. One chap in particular must be investing very well, as he messaged me now, messages me now on an almost daily basis, asking for more and more money. I shall soon be reaping the rewards. Yours, Fairfax. Mm. That's interesting because I think I was misled by the name. I think I was imagining a fox, hence the basil brush. Oh, no, I think it's a human. Yes, as, mm. as it goes on, I'm yeah. now, now thinking it's a human. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it is a fox. Let me reconsider. Yeah. No, I think it's a human. Yeah. I was thinking of the, the fox covered head to toe in wool which is like a wolf in sheep's clothing a fox in sheep's clothing mm. but um, you know I don't think the household staff would be jeering and laughing at a fox although I don't know who knows what goes on yeah well I appreciate uh, appreciate the correspondence from Farfox mm. Fairfax Farfox good to hear from you mm. I may have a, an investment opportunity for you. <laughs> me too mm. If you'd like a podication, you can email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina. 